Hello, everybody. This is Indina Maka for the 40th Year Podcast. If you're listening to this and you're a child under the age of 18, make sure you have your mom or dad or guardian with you as we proceed to discuss some topics that might be out of your realm of reach or might be explicit. In addition, because we live in a time where false media lives large, the conversations that I normally have is based on little research, rumor, hearsay, and allegation. So a lot of times you'll hear me say, this is alleged or allegedly, just so that we're all on our P's and Q's because I don't want anybody suing me for defamation because I don't have any money. So with that being said, let's get this podcast rolling. What's up, everybody? This is Indy Damaka, and this is episode 14 of the 40th Year Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Before we get into the topics for this particular episode, I wanted to kind of give you a conversation about where my head is at in regards to the current conversation about the COVID-19 pandemic and just the conversation of the U.S. presidential elections that are going to be taking place in November and where I kind of stand at with it. Um, With the COVID-19 pandemic coverage, I know y'all noticed on episode 13, um, all shook up that I really didn't say anything specifically about giving you a weekly update. That is because I am slowly, and I wanted to actually kind of do it silently, but then I thought, let me not play with you guys um, in regards to how I'm going to not decrease the conversation about COVID-19. I'm only going to talk about stuff that I think that is pertinent to the people that are listening. Um, I feel like there are some amazing people out there who are making it their mission to kind of um, present the information as accurate and as true as possible to the community at large globally. And I think especially when they're experts in environmental issues and healthcare and policy making, et cetera, I'm giving them the floor to discuss it because they have the articulation and can get more information um, than I can in regards to the pandemic. Cause you know, one of my biggest faux pas, I guess, as being a person who's a marketer and a, a communicator is just getting the right information and doing it at the right time. And I don't want to be one of those people who are misguiding you guys um, in regards to the pandemic. I think I did a really good job in discussing it from my point of view, but I want you guys to get it from a person who actually has the expertise to tell you what exactly is going on. I know we are in a season of misinformation with this particular pandemic, but I think we're doing better in regards to understanding what the coronavirus is and how it's affecting each respective country um, at this point. So I will still mention it. It just won't be a weekly update anymore. Um, My hope is to really um, get information that has been vetted through a number of people so that when I present it, I know that it's the most accurate. So it's not that I'm going to negate it or not talk about it at all. It just will be something that I feel like is very important for you guys to understand and know, and then we'll just move on from there. 
as well with the efforts of the Democrat, Democratic and Republican parties in regards to this year's presidential election, I am actually reserving the right to not really discuss it at all. Um, from my viewpoint, like I've told you in the past, I'm really anti-government, so my conversation will probably be very biased. I do not feel that the current administration <clears throat> cares about what is going on in middle America um, with the working class, poor middle class um, immigrants. They've kind of shown us through this pandemic how they feel, but I feel that same way about the Democrats who are in office right now. So I feel at in the same token with the COVID-19 pandemic and their team of journalists and media personalities, et cetera, that's going to be the same thing for this year's presidential election. I leave that to those who have the articulation and the unbiased nature to present the conversation in a more pertinent manner because mine would be nothing but ignorance. Now, mind you, if I do pick up a topic that needs to be discussed and I feel like it's important to those who listen, I will discuss it. Um, but at this time, I'm not going to go out of my way and add it to my conversation piece um, at this time. And if that offends you, then I completely understand. Thank you for listening. And if you feel like you have to go to another podcast, then I understand and I appreciate you for the time that you have shared um, with me in regards to the 40th year podcast. If you're wondering what my political stance is, I do not side with any party. I am undeclared and undecided. I am the individual that goes to the voting poll and picks the person who is most effective regardless of party. But there are times where I have walked away from the voting poll and did not vote for anybody because I did not see anybody that was efficient and effective for my issues at hand. And that's just the way it is at this point. Nobody has shown me in either party that they really care about those who are underserved, underrepresented, um, or just really different from the norm of what they're used to. And that's really anybody who is not affluent. They don't care. They don't cater. And so at this point, that is my stance on the presidential election. So let's get with the topics at hand. And the first conversation I wanted to talk about was this guy named Jason Mitchell, who was associated to Showtime's The Shy. And you're like, okay, what about him? He's not a part of The Shy anymore, right? No, he is not associated to it anymore. He was let go from uh, the show due to uh, some sexual, it wasn't a sexual assault, I don't think. They said he was sexually harassing his uh, supporting lead, um, a girl named Tiffany Boone. Um, she played the role Jerrica. Mitchell played the role of Brandon, and they both were cut um, by CBS and the exec team at The Shy. And so currently he got caught up in a mess up in Mississippi of all places. I actually was like, what is he doing in Mississippi? Um, <clears throat> from the entertainment blog, The Shade Room, they uh, talked about Jason Mitchell getting arrested in Mississippi due to drug and gun possession. 
And so currently he's trying to clear his name. He had his agent reach out to people and saying that the arrest was a simple mistake because he was driving his friend's rental car. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Um, He's currently claiming his innocence following his recent arrest. He sent out a statement from his agent, Dr. Glenn Toby. And Toby said that Jason's arrest was simply a misunderstanding as he was driving a friend's rental car heading to a better location um, due to the shelter in place mandate that was placed in the area that he was in in Mississippi. He claims he was unaware that there was any drugs or guns in the vehicle when he was pulled over. So according to the shade room, they had said that he was heading to his mother's house with family members before he was initially arrested. He was arrested by Harris County Sheriff's Office in Mississippi. The authorities had pulled the car over and then searched it. They found two pounds of marijuana and 1300 hits of ecstasy. In addition, they also discovered two guns. Despite the fact that Mitchell was not being allowed to possess weapons due to prior legal issues, he was taken into custody by Harris County Sheriff's Office and he was charged with one count of possession of controlled substance, which that was marijuana with intent to distribute and two counts of weapons. He was also charged with possessing a weapon um, as a felon for allegedly possessing a Glock 19 and a mini Draco. In addition, he was also charged with possession of a co- of a controlled substance with intent to distribute with the ecstasy that they found. And he was released from jail after posting bonds. So there was some more information that was stating he might potentially be getting federal charges because they said there was supposedly some evidence that looked like he was actually involved in transporting the drugs to another state. And so I'm under the impression that it's considered a federal charge when drugs are involved. Now, Mississippi is not a state that acknowledges medicinal weed. And they thought that he was saying that the weed was medicinal. But, you know, it's a lot of hearsay. It's really shocking because of who, how he carries himself, in my opinion. A lot of people were shocked to find that he got caught up in drugs and guns but it looks like he is a felon actually that was intriguing to say the least because i the impression that i got from him was that he doesn't carry himself like that what was also interesting was that he played easy e and the nwa nwa uh biopic straight out of compton um and it was funny because his family members easy e's family members thought he was an odd choice But he kind of blew their mind. And so I was laughing about it because I was like, maybe that's who he is, really. He's really grimy, to be honest with you. So it was intriguing to see um, this situation that he's put himself into Um, because he has had a lot of issues with the production team of The Shy since he has stepped away, uh, stepped away from it because he's been coming after them in a manner that reads disrespect and kind of like um, he was becoming combative, I think, with them because he can tell that he's getting ready to get blacklisted due to his behavior with 
the executives and the talent at the shy. But I was just like, you shouldn't be concerned about the executives at the shy. It might be CBS and Showtime because CBS owns Showtime and um, the shy is on Showtime networks. It's just an interesting story. And I think it continues to put him in a place to where he probably won't be getting work if he continues down this path. Now, I hope that the allegation of federal charges coming down due to this arrest is not true, but allegedly there's some evidence um, about his past that they're using against him. And so it might be a possibility. It's intriguing. Um, Let's get to the next topic. y'all so in the recent news it looks like diddy was very um outspoken about the conversation of the uh 2020 presidential election and he was very passionate about it to a point that one of his friends had decided to step into the room to kind of tell him that his comments were irresponsible and the friend was uh kenny burns kenny burns is a he likes to entitle himself as a lifestyle expert i just like to call him a marketing executive it's like for me the stuff that he do is like it's one in the same for a marketing executive so that's what i call kenny burns um I got this uh, tidbit from Ball Alert, actually, because Kenny is um, connected to Ball Alert. Ball Alert is another entertainment blog that is very um, that like kind of pushes the movement in the black community. And so I'm going to kind of read it. I'm not going to read it verbatim, but I want to kind of I want to make sure that I got Diddy's words right. And I wanted to make sure I got Kenny's words right because they're no longer cool. Um, Allegedly, Diddy blocked um Kenny Burns on IG actually and I was like I couldn't believe that they had gotten he had gotten that mad about it but he did and so let me kind of give you a tidbit about what he said so Diddy was um at the time talking to the legendary model Naomi Campbell on her IG so called no filter with Naomi he goes on record just simply highlighting the what I call the, the, the status of black America in the current year 2020. Um, he states that verbatim, the black vote is not going to be for free. We're going to have to see some promises, Diddy says. What are we getting in return for our vote? Nothing has changed for black America. In order for us to vote for Biden, we can't be taken for granted like we always are because we're supposed to be Democrats or because people are afraid of Trump. Whoever is going to take care of our community, it's business at this point, Diddy says. We can't trust politicians. We want to know very clearly, just like Trump made it clear he wanted to build a wall. Biden needs to make it clear he's going to change the lives and quality of lives for black and brown people, else he can't get the vote. So 
So after that statement was made and he's very clear, Diddy was very clear on his IG by saying attention to all the black vote will not be free this year. And then it's the conversation that he, it was um, the comment um, under the video that he posts with Naomi Campbell, just about that particular segment. Kenny gets on Diddy's IG and makes the following statement. Puff, this statement is very irresponsible at this point. In all caps, the only option is to get Trump out of office. Come on, champ. Encouraging people to stand by is not an option. Hashtag vote or die. Then suddenly, Kenny gets on his IG with a screenshot of Kenny's statement along with Diddy's post. He says, wow, at Diddy. You erase my truthful comment and kept the vote for Trump comments on your page. Then you block me, LOL. And you're really going to wait till it's two candidates to say that you're holding our vote. Come on, champ. This is not leadership. Where were you during the primaries? What happened to hashtag vote or die? In all caps, Trump being put out of office is the only option, period. Sorry, you guys, I'm trying to see something else on this article. So at this point, Diddy and Kenny Burns are not on speaking terms. It's shocking because Diddy has known um, Kenny Burns for a long time because Kenny used to support efforts with Bad Boy Records. So it's intriguing because Kenny was kind of like in the middle along with another guy named Jamel Spencer and the two both are marketing executives excuse me, we're going between um, Carter, Sean Carter and Dame Dash for a moment and then Dame Dash disappears. So now it's really just Carter and Combs. And so it's intriguing to see how this dynamic is going to change between these four. And I only say that because Burns also came after Carter for kind of going against his word as well. And taking on a partnership with the NFL um, at the time where Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick was still not being placed in a position with one of the NFL teams. And so I was trying to figure out, are they still cool Um, from me doing my research? It looks like they are not cool either, but I don't think it's to the point to where they wouldn't just come sit down at the table. I'm afraid with Diddy and Burns, they are not going to be sitting at the table. So it really, for me, my thought is, what is this? How is this? How is that breakdown in their relationship going to affect everybody in the black community, especially those who are like music creatives and us as for me, a marketing PR communication creative, how is that going to play a factor? Because Burns used to help with the um, Diddy has a marketing company called Blue Frame. He was helping with that, too. So it will be intriguing to see where this is going to go. I just I mean, at this point to really talk about this election, Biden is no better than Trump, in my opinion, to, to keep it a buck. So I understood where Diddy was coming from. But I also understand where Burns was coming from, that with the way Trump's administration has played bully for much of their time in office, I can't expect I don't they're not promise keepers, but nor was Obama and Biden. 
So what do we do? It's irresponsibility across all people. Carter, Burns, Combs, Biden, Trump, etc. What is there to do? I mean, we I, to to talk about unification. I don't think that that is going to be that 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 don't sit on my shoulder anymore. Um, it's my mind is really to each its own. We got to do what we got to do. And the focus is money. So for me, I felt like with Diddy, his whole conversation was as you look at an individual like Kanye West and how he is sitting at the table with Trump. You want to be able to sit at the table with Trump or whoever the president is. So we know that's why West is holding the hand of Trump, because you have somebody that is holding your hand. When Obama was in office, West didn't get to hold his hand. Biden isn't going to hold West or Combs hand. And West West knows that. And Combs knows that Burns, you might be able to sit at the table with Biden, but it's about money. And so when you know you're not going to be able to sit down and have somebody because to me, the only reason why Wes is a billionaire, because I am almost certain that the White House and its offices have shifted projects to West. And that's why he's economically a suit to publicly say he's a billionaire. Combs wants that. You don't give a fuck about us either. But Burns don't either. So we just need to really try to keep it a buck and really need to quit playing out here like we all we all kumbaya and we care from we care about the homeless all the way up to the billionaires of color y'all don't give a fuck for real the heat is on for this presidential election and y'all are gonna have to buck up and really put your presentation on how you want to be viewed during this election that's why i said what i said in the beginning of this podcast because That is how I operate. If you ain't trying to help me, I ain't trying to help you. And it needs to be clearer. Y'all are out here playing like, oh, I love Biden. I'm going to go vote for him. Oh, I love Trump. I'm going to go vote for him. And then y'all don't come to the polls at all. But you're like, well, Indy, you ain't no better. That's true. That's why I kept it a buck with you. I go into the polls and then look at it and be like, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. And then I don't vote. It is what it is. You're not doing nothing for me, but I'm not going to be doing nothing for you no more. So you just need to be prepared. It was it's intriguing to just see the breakdown of communication publicly between these public figures. And because I know for some of you all, you all took that personal. I did not because I knew at the end of the day, at the bottom line, it's about money and how they're going to get their money. Trump assumes the role of racist. Biden, we don't know. You're going to be like, yeah, we know he's not a racist. Why? Because he sat with Obama. Anybody would want to be the vice president. You know how much power that is? Look, now he's a presidential candidate. I don't put nothing past nobody. And you all should stop. You should start doing that, too, because y'all just y'all are flying in the wind like that. A lot of y'all are like, yeah, he got Biden got to pay me for my vote. He don't give a if you say that. He ain't going to use you. He don't need you. Trump don't need you. And that's what's imperative about that, about that conversation, because it's important for you all to realize that that was a rich that was rich people conversation. That wasn't the average American conversation. We need to come up with our own conversation and start voicing it publicly. Honestly, because it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm tired of this shit because it's stupid.
they put all the heat on the average American like it's our fault for COVID-19. No, it's a way. Like I said, I personally think this was biological warfare and somebody got pissed off. I would give you my conspiracy theory about it. But like I said, I want the experts to really talk about it. And then maybe someday I'll tell y'all what I think. But let's talk about Madonna and her uh, COVID-19 results. Um, she recently told the world on her quarantine diaries on her Instagram account that she tested positive for um, COVID-19. She recently attended a party for one of her close friends. It was his birthday party of famed photographer Stephen Klein. And he had a virtual party, which I appreciate him for that because I was here hearing all kind of stuff about this party. Like it was uh, like they said on an article that it was about eight people there. Then I heard another group of people saying it was like a large party, but he actually did the party and that you can see the party on Zoom. It was on Zoom. And so the problem is, is that Madonna and Stephen Klein were criticized for not obliging to the social distance rules at his party. So um, an article from Towel Road, T-O-W-L-E Road, they stated that um, page six had reported that the aging material girl, 61, joked that her Birthday boy pal, photographer Stephen Klein, was being honored with a COVID cake during the live stream private gig. Videos and photos showed Madonna getting up close and personal with Klein, who is 55, while hugging him. There was they were unclear about how many people attended the party, but they said there was at least eight people. <laughs> According to a woman named Michelle Ruiz, she said there was about five people who came to a home. They don't know if it was Madonna's home or Stephen's home to celebrate Stephen's birthday. They said all of the people have been quarantined for over a month as well. So and she was really like saying, please stop the madness. She would never put herself or her children at risk. So um, at this point, I assumed that Madonna had already been cleared by her doctor. I can't see her doing that, um, especially with the fact that she has two African children and she probably already knows like what's going on in regards to how COVID-19 is being presented globally as if it's the Africans who are doing the COVID and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't do that to her children like that and especially not to anybody that she cares for. And I also assume that Steven might've had COVID too, um, because of something that he said as he was handling the backlash on his IG account, his IG account is Steven Klein studio. And he simply says, we have all been quarantined together for over a month. We take it very seriously with a red heart emoji. And that was all he said, because it was a bunch of people who commented about him not taking it seriously. Um, the statement that Madonna made on her quarantine diary was very clear. And she says this verbatim. So tomorrow I'm just going to go for a long drive and 
a car and I'm going to roll down the window and I'm going to breathe in and I'm going to breathe in this COVID-19 air. And she says that she had tested positive for coronavirus antibodies. Um, and it's actually, if you want to look at it verbatim, it is uh, the quarantine diary number 14. She was also said to say that the thing about COVID-19, it doesn't care about how rich you are, how famous you are, how funny you are, how smart you are, where you live, how old you are, what amazing stories you can tell. It is the great equalizer. And what's terrible about it is what's great about it. What's terrible about it is it makes us all equal in many ways. And what's wonderful about it is that it made us all equal in many ways. Like I used to say at the end of human nature every night, we're all in the same boat. And if the ship goes down, we all go down together. Which is true. So, I mean, she, I, they, I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, to each his own. If you are going to continue to go down the path that you normally do, did before COVID-19, then you have to accept the consequences. If you're willing to accept the challenge of the new normal, you have to be able to adapt to what they're going to be asking you to do to stay alive. Um, it's, it's, it's a matter of life and death, and it's up to you on how you want to handle it. If Madonna and Stephen Klein wanted to party, that's on them. They did. I feel like when they did the virtual party, I know I knew that there wasn't a lot of people there and they probably had very minimal people there. But people are starting to get this this get into this level of depression by not being able to go outside. And I think that that's going to push people to go out of the realm of what they want to do in order to stay alive. But that's none of our business. Um, Madonna and Stephen Klein told y'all what they had to say. And let's just leave it at that. All right, y'all, let's get to the next topic. Right, y'all. So who heard Doja Cat's uh, new remix to Say So, which was with the fear of Nicki Minaj? What y'all think about it? Um, a lot of people were saying that Nicki Minaj was dissing Wendy Williams in a certain segment of the song. But if you let the YouTubers tell you, oh, no, no, no. She was dissing a ton of people, including Beyonce. Megan the Stallion and Doja Cat herself. I was like, oh my God, no, 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 she couldn't have. But when I looked at the lyrics, it do seem like Nicki Minaj was dissing Doja Cat herself. And also um, Dr. Luke, who is the executive over Kimasabi Records where um, Doja is stationed right now. You're thinking why? I don't know. Nicki Minaj never ceases to, to amaze me in her mayhem. So I'm pretty sure it's a good reason as to why. Um, it just seems like being from allegedly, it looks like Nicki and Beyonce have fallen out. And again, you know, with Nicki wanting to be hailed as the queen of rap, 
I do think she thinks that Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion don't really give her the respect that is due. So you're like, okay, she don't like Doja. What she do the remix for? Here's the thing. Um, a fan, and I think this fan was a barb. Um, somebody did a drawing um, of Nicki Minaj, Doja Cat, and Megan Thee Stallion on the cover of a Rolling Stone magazine. Now, the placement of it is that um, Nicki Minaj was in the middle, Doja Cat was on the left, and Megan Thee Stallion was on the right. Evidently, the barbs loved the drawing. It was a really good drawing, actually, because I saw it. And then suddenly, a fan of Doja Cat steps into the room and simply says, I kind of wish uh, Doja Cat was in the middle. And basically, visually, because Doja Cat is a short girl, it would make more sense to like even it out. But I think the bar put Nikki in the midi middle of the drawing because she's like the veteran and she's the queen of rap. And so suddenly they're like dissing Doja Cat's fan. And then Doja enters into the room simply telling her fan, I appreciate you, but don't worry about it. These fans are, these fans are garbage. And then they, the barbs start going crazy. And it's like, oh, they're, you know, it went into a cancel season all of a sudden around Doja. It was a hashtag called Doja Cat is over. And they said it was initiated by Nicki Minaj's fan base called the barbs. So I figured this was just an image thing to make it clear that there isn't any real problems, but these lyrics on her rap verse don't seem that way. It seems like she's dissing a ton of people, but I'm just gonna focus on Doja Cat, Beyonce, and Megan Thee Stallion. You're like, oh no, she was dissing Beyonce? Like I said, they've fallen out and it, it, it really, it was over some business stuff that I'm still trying to get an understanding of it, but it was about a movie and a soundtrack that Doja Cat Megan was a part of. And Beyonce was supposedly supposed to be a part of the movie, but it didn't come off that way. And it's a long drawn out story that I just didn't think it needed to be presented, but I'm going to read the lyrics to you guys. So you kind of can get an understanding of what parts she was dissing people at. Give me a second. Okay. So this is the first verse of Nicki Minaj. She says, every time I take a break, the game be so boring, pretty like Naomi, Cassie plus Lauren, spinning like Wheezy Fox plus Lauren. That's a diss allegedly by a YouTuber that that part right there is a diss to Princess Nokia, Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion. Allegedly behind closed doors, Nikki has said, that Doja reminds her of Lil Wayne. And you gotta understand it because you gotta be familiar with Doja's songs. She's like a skateboard kid and so is Lil Wayne. Now you're like, who's Princess Nokia? Princess Nokia is another female hip hop artist. Um, I wanna call her independent. She's, no, she sing, no, she doesn't. Well, she do sing a little bit, but it's uh, Sugar Honey Iced Tea. If you've heard that song, that's Princess Nokia. That's my favorite song of hers. And so um, 
she said that Princess Nokia looks like Cassie to her. And so where Megan the Stallion spits like Foxy, because Foxy, you know, was real like sexual with her conversation and but very sexual, but very grimy in the same sense. And that's Megan. Like she says, she's savage, right? And so I said, this is my take on it. I actually think it's a diss to Naomi, Cassie, and it's Lauren London, Lil Wayne, Foxy, and Lauren Hill. For some reason, I don't think she really liked you all. And you're like, Nicki Minaj, correct. Let me keep going. She says, balling like the Rams. See, now that's Gordon. They don't understand the bag talk. I'm foreign. When they think they top the queen, they're falling. Word to my ass shots. I'm so cheeky. Got them trying to palm my ass like young Kiki. Yes, I'm ghetto. Word to Geppetto. Plus, I'm little. Where's my stiletto? Tell Mike Jordan, send me my retros. Used to be bi, but now I'm just hetero. Ain't talking medicine, but I made him more of a fiend. Ever since I put the cookie on quarantine, he knows this thing a one like a felony. All he got to do, all he got to do is say the word like a spelling bee. Now, the part where she says ain't talking about medicine, but I made him more of a fiend. That's Dr. Luke. And I think she's making fun of Dr. Luke and Kesha. Kesha is on the Kimosabi record imprint, Dr. Luke's imprint, and she's had issues with Dr. Luke. I think this album that she put out in the beginning of January is her last album with Kimosabi, but she took Dr. Luke, this is Kesha, to civil court on the grounds of sexual harassment, sexual assault, I think negligent and supervisory efforts around her projects. And there's some sort of diss. I didn't fully go through the stuff around Kesha and Dr. Luke, but I think that's a diss towards them. Me and this YouTuber, I saw what she was saying and I agree with her. So uh, do y'all catch what I'm saying? It's a little messy. I don't know what all these people did to her, but she's throwing a lot of shade in the realm of this particular piece. So I'm going to go to the second verse to read it to y'all and tell y'all who she's talking about. So this is the outro and she sings this part. You could have said so, boy, you should have said so, say so, say so. I got dressed just to sit in the house. People with the least always doing the most. I'm counting money while he sucks my toes. Real nasty with them balls. All net. Yeah, I'm gross. Why are you talking about whose body's fake with all them fillers in your face? You're just full of hate. That real ass ain't keep your nigga home. Now you're looking silly. That's word to silicone. Now that statement, they said that was about Wendy Williams, but I believe it's Beyonce, Doja Cat, and Megan Thee Stallion. Now, Doja had been heard in interviews talking about body modification through plastic surgery. And she has said what she has said. You know, she said to each his own, but it's not something that I would want to do. In the same conversation that you've heard in Megan's raps where she's made a statement um, about just having a real body. And that's the same thing for Beyonce. Now, we know Beyonce has been very upfront about relationship issues with Jay-Z. And so I would rather... I think it is more Beyonce than Wendy Williams, but it could be the two as well. Because a YouTuber said she thought Beyonce all the way. I have to agree. Because something, I heard another rumor 
where they said that Nicki wasn't really pleased with Beyonce after the flawless remix came out. You're like, well, what did she say? Or what is it about? It's about Nikki's verse on there. And it's the verse that's towards the end of the song. Cause she makes a, makes a statement about somebody who is now in a governmental position currently. And it sounds a certain way and it makes the person look a certain way to the public. So now that might've been something that Beyonce don't know, but that's the allegation that was placed. I just think he, I just think Nikki just isn't like happy with a lot of people and she just decided to throw shade and they placed it. And I can tell that stuff isn't going well between Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj because there was a presentation recently um, on Bevo. It's called, what was it called? Um, God, I can't think of it, but Doja Cat did a live version of Say So and Nicki Minaj was supposedly supposed to be a part of it, allegedly. And it was this Doja Cat doing Say So. I actually think she probably will never do that song live with Doja Cat. Due to the complications of the issues with the initial. Remember, I told you there was two versions that came out with uh, the Say So remix. Somebody made a mistake and they said that was Nicki Minaj's team interfering with what Kimo Sabi was trying to do. Because a lot of people in the industry said they didn't even know that Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj was getting ready to put out a remix on that day. So to me, that looked like that was shade to Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion. Now, Nicki and her team are swimming and trying to make it like that's not the case. But that's what it's looking like as we bottom line it from a business standpoint. And so at this point, um, I was like, that's not the first time Nicki Minaj has done a single and she stepped away from it and never performed it. She did it to a gospel artist. Her name is Tasha Cobb Leonard. The song is I'm Getting Ready. There was an event that took place um, for Tasha Cobb Leonard. And um, Nikki was supposed to be there to perform. She bailed an hour before the performance. Allegedly. And they never performed that song live anywhere. The only place that you can see or, or not see, but hear the song is on Tasha Cobb's album. And I'm sorry, Tasha, I don't I can't think of the name of the album, but it's an album that has come out in the recent year in 2019, like the early parts of 2019, I think. And it's called I'm Getting Ready. And she's never performed it. And I expect her to do the same thing to Doja Cat. She was being petty with um, Tasha because of her relationship with PJ Morton is what people are saying. You're like, who is PJ Morton? PJ Morton is, uh, is a musician who is associated to um, Maroon 5, but he also is a soloist and he was once connected to Young Money Cash Money. And I do think that all of this this whole situation is really about her hatred towards young money, cash money. Um, from my understanding, she thought PJ Morton had said that she was not good enough to do a gospel song. And so she found Tasha Cobb Leonard and did the song is what it seemed to me. 
And so like for me, I just, she's too immature to me. I mean, at this point, she is at the maturity of her life cycle as an artist. And so in my mind, at this point, when you're in the maturity stage, you either buck up and revamp yourself or you die. At this point, I'm expecting death because she's still doing the same shit she was doing two years ago. If you got a problem with young money, cash money, you tell them don't use all these people as pawns because it's not helping you. Because you did this little Wayne. I personally think you did in this say so remix. But will you say that publicly? I doubt it. But, you know, that's what happens when you operate in a manner that you everything about you is false. Nothing about her. That whole persona she presents is a fake ass mess. And she she got to stop it. You too old for that. These new girls on the block are killing you. Because they keeping that shit a buck. You ain't. I mean, fuck your feelings, though. Because she going to be getting on her talk show. Oh, that's what it is in my mind. Queen Radio is a talk show. And talk about all this, all these people hating on me. These podcasters of color, they're hating on me. Girl, add me to the list, boo. You get, You are not it anymore. It's over. Figure it out. And I'm not a key. I don't hide behind a keyboard. I don't hide behind a microphone. I'll keep it a buck with you in person. You, you either going to stop it and get it together or leave the market. You already getting pushed out. Figure it out. All right, y'all, that's enough on my that I had to get on my soapbox for a moment. I'm off of it. This is the end of the podcast. I appreciate y'all for listening. I will be back next week. God willing. Bye bye now.